So, what's a word anyway? Sure, we all think we know what a word is, but what makes giraffe a word and splunkfarious not a word? I'm glad you ask. Obviously, this discussion will be centered around English, but let me start from the beginning here. Words have a spelling that we all agree on, with some rare exceptions, like the word theater, which can be spelled with the final E and R, switch to R and E. Generally, that distinction is between American English and British English. So, anyway, words have a uniform spelling. Words, therefore, have a shape because of those letters. We usually ignore this for the twin reasons that handwriting can affect the shape of the letters themselves and that we almost never see a correlation between the shape of the word and its meaning. I guess you could make a case that a word like look has two little eyes in it in the form of the O's, but I think this road ultimately leads to nowhere interesting. So let's let go of the shape of words for now. Words also have a pronunciation that we more or less agree upon. Again, there are some variations from time to time, a little bit more so than with spelling. These variations are sometimes, again, due to American English versus British English, aluminum and aluminium, for example. But they can also be regional variations within a nation or language culture. Uh, Bostonians, for example, have extreme difficulty distinguishing between a pair of beige pants and the small metal objects used to start an automobile. They'd call them both khakis. Still, even with these exceptions and regional variations, I think it's fair to say pronunciation is close to uniform as well. So, we have spelling and pronunciation as universals for a word. We agree how to form a word with letters, and we agree how to say that word. Spelling and pronunciation go together, though I'm sure you've noticed they don't go together perfectly. There are a lot of reasons for this, but one of them has to do with the great vowel shift, capital letters for that, that took place roughly during the time between the mid-14th century and the early 18th century. Vowels and even some consonants changed pronunciation during this time, and in 1604, the first English dictionary was published. But it was pretty much a bust, since it only had about 2,000 words in it. The first comprehensive English dictionary was published in 1755 by Samuel Johnson, and it went very far in standardizing spelling. But enough of that. What's left, then? Meaning. Just as we agree to a uniform spelling of a word and a uniform pronunciation of a word, we agree to a uniform meaning of a word. Now, here's where it gets really interesting, though. First of all, when we say meaning of a word, we need to explain what we mean. Going back to the Johnson Dictionary of 1755 and, of course, Noah Webster's Speller in 1783, and then his dictionaries in 1806 and 1828, one type of meaning is what we call denotation. By denotation, we mean the official, explicit, codified meaning of the word, the intellectual meaning. Denotation is what you find well in the dictionary. Denotation is what we all agree on and which almost always remains constant despite context. Yes, many words have multiple meanings, multiple denotations. Take dog, for example. The primary meaning of the word relates to an animal of the canine variety often taken as a domestic pet. There are other alternate meanings. Uh, to persistently and closely follow, to grip with a mechanical device. It could be short for a type of sausage and so on. But let's just stay with the animal meaning for now. We all agree on that meaning. 
the denotation. If you were to refer to my little pal Rocky the Papillon as a dog, I would agree with you. So would anyone. Rocky is a dog. That's a pretty ordinary sentence with a pretty ordinary meaning. Second of all, though, there is much more to meaning than denotation. We also have what is called connotation, which is the emotional, imaginative, and suggestive meaning that sort of tags along with the word. Just as all words have a denotation, though some might claim that interjections don't carry denotation in the utterance, hey, I'm glad to see you. The literal denotative meaning of the word hey is pretty much absent. All words have a connotation as well. Though some might argue that some words, especially scientific ones, don't carry any emotional impact. But let's go back to dog. If I said, Rocky is a young dog, that has a somewhat different feeling than Rocky is a puppy. Though young dog is the same literal denotative meaning as puppy, it doesn't carry the same snuggly warm feeling that puppy does. A puppy is lovable and pleasant. A young dog is not particularly either of those things. Canine is even less so. If I said, Rocky is a canine, the feeling of the word gives the sentence a rather clinical, rather cold tone, as if I'm merely trying to place Rocky in the taxonomy of animals. It sounds and feels as if I have no emotional connection to him at all. Rocky is a dog is at least a little bit emotional, while Rocky is my puppy dog sounds much more endearing. Now, it's not enough to merely say that a word has a negative or positive connotation. That's a start, but it's such an impoverished way of looking at the richness of the language. Plan versus scheme, for instance. Plan sounds very thought out, very promising, honest. Scheme sounds slapdash, shaky, deceitful. Garbage collector versus sanitation engineer, and on and on and on. So why does this all matter? Well, language has power. Words carry weight. As we've seen, words have two different kinds of meaning, denotative and connotative. We generally know when a word is being used incorrectly as far as denotation is concerned. If I look at a building and call it a the liverwurst and mustard sandwich, then I have failed to communicate. The denotative meanings of those words do not in any way correspond to the thing I am describing. But if I say edifice, then not only have I correctly matched the denotative meaning of the word to the item, but I've also added the feeling that the building is imposing and impressive. I can alter the way you feel about the building just by changing the word I'm using to label it. Edifice, dwelling, domicile, hut, lean-to. All of those words denote generally the same thing, but they have very different feelings. Think about how you'd feel if your boyfriend or girlfriend said to you, I procrude 12 plant sexual organs of the genus Rosa for you, as opposed to, I bought you a dozen roses. Those two utterances mean the same thing as far as denotation is concerned, but they feel very different. Your romantic partner has done the same thing, but the way in which the action was described affected your perception of it. The United States government used to have a Department of War, and we still do in a way. Sure, we did some reorganization of the armed forces after World War II, but one of the things we did was change the Department of War into the Department of Defense. It did the same thing, fight enemies abroad. 
But the change of terminology was clearly in order to change the way we felt about that. You've probably heard of internment camps, the places we forcibly sent Japanese Americans to live during World War II. Why are they called that? Well, believe it or not, there is a rising controversy over what exactly we ought to call those places. They've been called relocation centers, for example, and there's growing pressure recently to call them concentration camps. Similarly, there has been a controversy over what to call the places where we are putting immigrants to our southern border while we separate immigrant children from their parents. Should we call them shelters? That has a connotation of a place where someone seeks refuge from hardship. Should we call them detention centers? That has a connotation of a place merely where people are held against their will. Should we call them concentration camps? That has connotations of almost unspeakable evil and brings up thoughts of Nazi Germany. On the same subject, do we say undocumented immigrant or do we say illegal immigrant? Those two terms describe the same kind of person but in rather different ways. How we speak about something communicates much more than simple denotation. Words have a spelling, a pronunciation, and two kinds of meaning. Connotation, which deals with the emotion of a word, can be the most powerful aspect of language.